Sealing God's People at SealingGodsPeople.org with your host, Dennis Beard. We're talking about the last day end time events, eschatology, so to speak, about the events that will come before the second advent of our Lord Jesus Christ. What are they? Many people saying, well, we've heard about this apocalyptic stuff for years. Uh, nothing's happened yet. We'll just eat, drink, and be merry. Uh, who knows the time of the Lord's coming? And besides, if I believe in Jesus, I'm okay. Not realizing that every church gathering for corn and wine, none considering the work of the Lord. Now, what is that work? The work of the ministry. God said, gave some apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers for the perfecting of the saints for the work of the ministry. Well, why all this preparation for the work of the ministry? And what is it? What's the purpose of it? I mean, after all, the Lord's just going to split the eastern sky and we're going home and that's it. Because I'm safe, sanctified, and filled with the Holy Ghost, that's all there is to it. Yet, none realizing for the time to come that the Lord will do a great work in the earth and there will be a great battle. But your prophets are like the foxes in the desert for they have not gone up in the gap nor made up the hedge for the children of thy people to stand. Stand in what? In this battle in the day of the Lord. What battle? A battle? Yes, endure hardship as a good soldier. This fight to fight the good fight of faith this is a battle of good against evil. But the Lord is going to do a work in the last days. A work that's never been done before. A new thing in revealing his glory. It is such a radical change in a new thing that even the believers in the Lord Jesus Christ who have been walking in present truth as Pentecostals will not believe it. They'll say, that's way too far out in left field. That's impossible. That can't happen. That's ludicrous. Certainly, the Lord will not do these things because he's a God of love. Yes, he is a God of love. But if we refuse that love and we do not like to retain God in our knowledge, he will, because of his holiness, Turn us over into that which is unseemly of a reprobate mind. Because, not because of him, because we did not like to retain God in our knowledge. Now let's take a look at the last day work. Let's see what is going to happen. Jesus is called a man of war. Somebody said, oh, well, Jesus is not a man of war. He's a man of peace. But Jesus said, you think that I come to send peace on the earth? but rather a sword. The said a man had variance. The father against his son, the mother against her daughter, the mother-in-law against her daughter-in-law, and a man's enemies will be those of his own household. But yet that's not the Jesus we see. We have this contrived conception of our Lord Jesus that he is some kind of a hump-shouldered, long-haired man that is the feminine, just loves everybody and everybody's going to heaven. My friend, it's just not the case. Let's take a look at the word of God. In Isaiah 28, he talks about this work. It's going to be a strange work. Bring to pass his act, his strange act. Now, if you'll turn with me to Isaiah 28, 
we're going to see that it is such a time of trouble. God said he would render tribulation or trouble to them that have troubled you, the real body of Christ. These things will they do unto you because they have not known the Father nor me, Jesus said. They do not know that Jesus is the Father of glory. He says, I lay in Zion. This is Isaiah 28. And he says there will be a stone, a foundation stone, a tried stone, a precious cornerstone, a sure foundation. He that believeth shall not make haste. Now, before that, he's talking about line will be upon line. Line upon line, precept upon precept, precept upon precept. Why? That for with stammering lips and another tongue, will he speak to this people? To whom he said, this is the rest. The rest of the Holy Ghost is the number 15 in the word of God. It is the bed, the bed of rest, which turns out to be a bedchamber in Canticles, a song of Solomon which is the bedchamber for his bride, the body of Christ being called to the marriage supper of the Lamb, a bedchamber, which is the chariot of the Lord. These are progressive glories, from glory to glory, even as by the Spirit of the Lord, to the same image of Jesus Christ. Now, most do not believe that the Lord will do a work in judgment. That doesn't seem right for a God of love. It doesn't seem right that these children cursed Elisha after Elijah had went up in a whirlwind. And they said, go up thou bald head, go up thou bald head, reproaching the man of God. Well, they did it in ignorance, Maybe. But watch what you say against the body of Christ. Touch not mine anointing, do my prophets no harm. So shall you prosper. But yet because they did, 42 children, not adults, not teenagers, 42 children, two she-bears came out of the woods and killed, destroyed 42 children. Somebody said, how can that be? Watch what you say against the Lord God Almighty. He is gracious. He's loving. He is love. But knowest thou that God and all his ways are judgment. Whatsoever man soweth, that shall he also reap. And he said this line upon line, precept upon precept, so that we can have a rest. A rest that remaineth to the people of God that Paul says, lest they promise lift any of you that any one singular promise slip any of you, and there's over 3,000 promises in the Word of God. These exceedingly great and precious promises given to us that we might escape the corruption of the world through lust, that we might be made partakers of His divine nature. It's not our nature, it's His. It's not His glory, our glory, it's His. It's not our kingdom, it's His kingdom. It's not His uh it's not our power, but his power. It is all in him, by him, through him, uh, that we have this eternal life, this blessings of the kingdom of God, Christ in you, the hope of glory. But then he goes on and said, there he was. 
Line upon line, line upon line, precept upon precept, precept upon precept. Why? That upon that, here a little and there a little, that they might go, they, and fall backward and be broken and be snared and taken. For one, it's the blessings of a better breast to the ones that do not go on this, this line upon line and precept upon precept becomes a snare. It come, becomes a, a broken and taken in the trap. It is one way or the other depending upon your heart and guard your heart out of it, proceed all the issues of life and in your heart determines your destiny. As a man thinketh, so is he. If you have any consolation, be any good, any anything that is pure and holy and righteous, think on these things. If it has any consolation, think on these things. For as a man thinketh, so is he. But now he's talking about the Word of God. Are we going on? Won't be into them that are at ease in Zion. I'll search Jerusalem with candles and punish all them that are settled on their least. Time to get stirred up. To know these things that are coming upon the face of the earth. To try the earth. O earth, earth, earth. Hear ye the word of the Lord. Oh, that they were wise. That they would consider their latter end. Why? Because I have a false Christ. How should one chase a thousand and put two, put ten thousand to flight, except their Lord had sold them? That is because their rock, little R-O-C-K, small case, is not our rock, capital R-O-C-K. They followed a false Christ, a false anointing, a false line upon line, precept upon precept. And any of those steps in glory can cost us that eternal rest. Paul stated that in Hebrews 4. So knowing that all the elements will be melted and dissolved with fervent heat, the heavens themselves and the earth in fervent fire, dissolving all the elements thereof, what manner of holy conversation should we be? Wherefore, hear ye the word of the Lord, you scornful men and you that rule this people, which is in Jerusalem, you rule over the people of God. You think it Christianity is a joke because you have said we have made a covenant with death and hell, we're in agreement. When the overflowing scourge shall pass through, it shall not come upon us. <clears throat> You're saying no evil can possibly come upon you. Because you're right in your own eyes. You're correct in your thinking as a man that no evil shall come upon you. You said as Babylon, I said a queen and I am no widow and I will see no sorrow. I'll have no birth pains. Not realizing that the work of the Lord God is upon the whole earth. For the Lord will rise up as in Mount Perizim. <clears throat> what did he do there? In Mount Perizim in Gibeah, he did not send angels to do that battle. The Lord God himself, God is a man of war. God himself destroyed Adonizadek, that former Canaanite 
in Jerusalem as Joshua fought against him. We find it later on with David taking Jabez. We find the Lord God raining stones and throwing stones down from heaven. Hailstones. As Joshua fought against the kings there at Gibeon had joined up with the people of God. With Joshua. And this was made known to the kings, Adonazadeh and the other kings, and they got together and said, let us go against Gibeon to destroy him because Gibeon, that mighty city, that city, that great city of kings, greater than Ai, it has joined up with Joshua and those Israelites, the Israel of God. And when they did, Gibeon called to Joshua. Joshua, come down and help us. And the Lord said, go. Joshua, go. Because you will destroy all of them. There won't be one man left standing in this battle that's against you. And as the battle fought, and as it did, Joshua was defeating them, but the Lord himself now rain great stones from heaven, hailstones upon, and greater were the ones killed by the stones than those that were killed by the sword of Joshua. He's going to do it again. Everything written in this Bible, in this word of God, in all his judgments are going to happen again. Somebody said, Brother Beard, there's no way you have scripture for that. Oh, yes, I do. And we're going to cover it today. I want you to see that everything and every judgment that God has ever done against Assyria, Egypt, Babylon, Media, Persia, Greece, Rome, all that he's ever done, he's going to do it again in these last days. What we're seeing in coronavirus, COVID-19, AIDS, HIV virus is not even in the running compared to what God will do with his four sword judgments. Famine, pestilence, Pestilence, sword, and noisome beast. God's four sword judgments in the earth that said, though Noah, Daniel, and Job stood before me, yet I could not be toward the people of the generation of my wrath. That last generation. That generation that they, that evil and adulterous generation that seeketh after a sign. And no sign will be given it except the sign of the prophet Jonah. That as Jonah was three days in the whale's belly, so the Son of Man, Son of God, will be in the heart of the earth for three days. He'll be in that grave for three days, but he'll be resurrected. The only man resurrected never to die again, having the keys to death, hell, and the grave, having the victory over death, death having no more dominion over him neither over the body of Christ that are in the real Jesus. We're seeing this work. What is this work? What are these judgments? Surely God won't kill and destroy a quarter, one-fourth of all mankind, then a third of all mankind, one-fourth of all mankind under the pale horse rider, then under the trumpets, one-third of all mankind, and then by the Vials were filled with the wrath of God, one half of all mankind. Oh my goodness, 
over 8 billion people on the face of the earth. One quarter would be 2 billion people dying with a pale horse rider. Then, in the trumpet judgments of God, we would have one third. Well, 2 billion out of 8 billion would leave 6 billion people. Now, one third. That's another 2 billion people that would die. Then, the vials were filled up the wrath of God. Half of the people then dying would be another two billion, only leaving a remnant there upon the face of this earth. Will God do this? Let's take a look at it. Therefore, thus saith the Lord God, all the wicked say nothing, nothing's going to happen. Jesus is going to speak the eastern sky. We're all going to heaven. We can lie, cheat, and steal. We don't have to study the shore says to prove unto God. I work with that would need not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. We don't have to grow up into him in all things. We don't have to be perfect, spotless, blameless, holy before God. We don't have to reach unto perfection because no man can be perfect, yet Jesus said, be ye perfect, even as your Father in heaven is perfect. And he gave us the fivefold, the apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers for the perfecting of the saints. Yet those out there saying, they can't be obtained. These are enemies of the cross, not knowing the power of God, nor the work of the ministry in the last days. Therefore, thus saith the Lord God, Behold, I lay in Zion a foundation stone. Now notice we're going to have under Pergamos a white stone given to us. There as a white stone given to each of us with a new name written in it. A new name. Kainos, a Greek word meaning something that's never ever been revealed before. That only he knows that receives it. We have to receive this word. And people don't want to believe that. When God appeared there, there in October of 89, as I was going to leave the ministry because uh, of finances. We had not eaten there for two weeks. We rolled into Baton Rouge, Louisiana. Uh, there, never forget, on Florida Boulevard and uh, three travel trailers and we were totally broke uh, trying to, uh, to get a tank of gasoline to give a spare tire. Um, never forget, uh, one man said, I don't want a spare tire. But if you'll give me all the tools in your tool chest, we had uh, uh, the the tools there that we had from uh, Sears that we were used to help get the vans, travel trailers down the road. And he said, you give me all your tools and I'll give you a tank of gas. Well, my goodness, I guess you would. Well, we did. We had no choice. We rolled in to Baton Rouge and we had to literally push the travel trailers uh, three of them at that time and what was pulling them and the vans had to push them down the road to get them to a trailer park at that time I said Lord I've gone as far as I can uh, October of 89 1989 I said I can't go any further I'm not going to back up on you but we're going to have to come off of this road uh, it's too gruesome. We can't do it. Uh, I had two small children. My wife, uh, my brother, uh, was with me, Richard, 
as well as uh, my daughter and her, her new husband. At that time, I had given up. I was totally beat. Uh, been out there for quite a while. And it was at the end of the road from 85 to 88. And then in 89, totally broke. The, we pulled into that trailer park, had no money. And I asked the lady that owned the park, the owner, would you let me put three travel trailers in here and I'll pay you. I'll go to work and I'll pay you. She saw the condition of the family, my, my two children and the other two travel traders along with mine and said, yes, would you just get your job, young man, and pay me when you can. And during that time of a brokenness, the Lord appeared. And when he did, I had never had a visitation like that before. And when he appeared to me, someone said, well, God doesn't do that. Well, he did in the book of Acts. He did it to Peter. He did it to Paul. I'm not Peter and I'm not Paul. But there in your darkest hour, the Lord will meet you. And the Lord gave me that, that dream, and it's on the website, but basically uncovering the cedar work. Jesus being revealed, and he opened the cedar chest, pulled out a crown for the, for the bride, the body of Christ. That changed the ministry into the cedar work. At that time, I didn't know what that meant. Now, we're going to see what that means today. What is that cedar work? God will uncover the cedar work. In the cedar work, the cedar inside the most holy place, all the walls are made of cedar, the walls of salvation. And we're going to have two cherubim of glory. And their wings are going to touch those walls of cedar. And it's going to cover the mercy seat. And what in the world can that mean? with these two colossal 10 cubit high cherubims of glory. Five cubit span, wingspan on one wing and five cubit wingspan on the other wing on one cherubim, 10 cubits high and then touching the wing of the other cherubim, five cubits, touching the other wall with five cubits for a total wingspan of 10 cubits on each cherub, two cherubim, and touching all the walls of salvation and still covering the mercy seat in the midst of them. Made of olive, an olive tree, overlaid with gold, gold being the glory, an enduring brilliance of the glory of God. There we have the cherubim of glory made of an olive tree, which we find in Revelation 11, the two olive trees, which are the two candlesticks, which is the church in witness. Not, not angels, not the seraphim or cherubim being angels of, uh, uh, that guard the holiness of God. Well, that's all fine in a commentary, but it's just not true. And God's revealing these things in the last days. Why? Because we are at that time. The time of every vision is now upon us. Seal the book no longer for the time is at hand. And here we are. But very few believe that. Very few believe that the time of the coming of the Lord is far spent. That's not as far spent. The day of the Lord is at hand. But very few people believe that. They think, well, he's coming one day, but certainly not now. 
certainly not in this generation, certainly not anytime soon. So we will eat, drink, and be merry. And it'll be as it was in the days of Noah when Noah entered into the ark and God shut the door. That when he shut that door of that ark, as it was in the day of Noah, so shall also be in the days of the coming of the Son of Man. For they were eating, drinking, given in marriage until the day that Noah entered into that ark. Then God shut that door. From that day forth, no one entered that ark. And it was another seven days that God then broke up the great deep, opened the windows of heaven, and it rained 40 days and 40 nights. All the earth was covered. Somebody said, oh, the Sahara Desert used to be underwater. Of course it was. The whole earth was covered with a flood. There's nothing new. Friend, it's in the word of God. Somebody said, well, I'm a scientist. I believe in evolution. Well, the more you study, the more you're going to find that the evolution of Darwin's theory is a joke. That God is the creator. Nothing just had the big bang and something evolved. And it evolved from this and evolved from that. And from phylum to phylum. And we find the different characteristics that are similar in each phylum going on to from amoeba all the way to primates to man. And somehow or another, this evolved over millions and billions and quadrillions of years. But then if it all evolved, why well, some evolved and some didn't. If it came from a monkey, why well, they're still monkeys. If monkeys have evolved into a, a man and primates, why well, aren't there all primates are not monkeys. The spirit that there is shot. But them professing themselves, professing themselves to be wise, become fools. Let's see what the work of the ministry is. Let's see what God is doing now for those that have an ear to hear what the Spirit is saying to the churches. He said, Judgment, I'm going to lay to the line. Judgment to the line? Well, certainly that's the day of the Lord. No, we're talking about before the coming of the Lord, before the second advent, that parousia, which will be not the second coming of the Lord, but he comes a second time without sin and salvation, called the second advent, for the Lord shall descend from heaven with the voice of the archangel, the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall alive, will arise first, and we which are alive remain shall be caught up together and meet the Lord in the air. Wherefore, comfort you one another with these words. We're not talking about that. We're talking about before then in the work of the ministry. For this gospel being preached in all the world for a witness in all nations, and then the end will come. It is a last chance, a last call in the ministry voice of Jesus before the day of the Lord. Well, what is it? Where are we now? Where is this on God's calendar? You know, it's given to us to know the times and seasons. No man knows the day nor the hour, but it's given us to know the times and the seasons which the Lord has put in his own power. 1 Thessalonians 5, and he tells us we're children of the day, not of the night, that that day should come upon us as a thief in the night. Here it says, judgment, I'm going to lay to the line. What? The line, a perfect line. There's a reed like unto a rod given to me and saying, rise, measure the temple of God and the altar and them that worship therein. Revelation 11, verse 1. John said there was a reed like unto a rod given to me, to John. We're going to see that John is the body of Christ. We're going to see that John is going to see. And he turns to see what the seven thunders uttered their voices. And he was about to write the graphy. And then the Lord says, see that doest it not. Then he said, take, uh, there was a little book, a Bibliaridian, 
The book from Genesis to Revelation is a Biblion. The Bibliaridion is God compacted it and made a little book where we could eat all of it. The whole truth, knowing and being led into all truth. And he's told John, John, take that little book out of the angel's hand and eat you all of it. It'll be sweet to your mouth as honey and bitter to your belly. The key there is you've got to take it. No one's going to give it to you. No denomination is going to set it out there. No man is going to give it to you. You have to receive it from the Lord. The kingdom of God suffers violence. The violent take it by force. The law and the prophets were unto John. Since that time, men pressed their way into it, just as Paul said and to the church of Philippi, to his letter. I am not perfect, neither have I already attained. But I'm trying to apprehend that. This is that spoken by the prophet Joel. I'm trying to apprehend that of which Christ is trying to apprehend me, is apprehending me. I'm reaching forth to those things which are before. Those things are the things of faith. Faith is the substance of things, hope for, the evidence of things not seen, the spiritual things. For the natural things that, that are seen are temporary, but the things which are not seen are eternal. Paul's reaching for those things. I'm trying to apprehend that of which I'm apprehended of Christ, reaching forth to those things uh, there, there, forgetting those things which are behind. In other words, pressing toward, pressing toward the mark. That mark is a tithe. It is not an aloft, beth, gamel, daleth. It is all the way to a tav. It's the beginning of the Hebrew abecedary going from A to Z. The tav is the cross at the very end of it, the 22nd letter of the Hebrew abecedary, 22 being the number of light, 22 knops of bows upon the candlestick, feeding seven lamps, where figures, wherein is the beaten olive oil, a half egg of beaten olive oil in each of the seven lamps that give light. But in the last days, there's two olive trees. There's those two cherubim. Those two olive trees, those two olive branches in Zechariah 4 on either side of the candlestick. And he asked Zechariah, what are these? He said, I know not. He said, this is a word of the Lord unto Zerubbabel. Zerubbabel. Now you're going to find Zerubbabel, that son of of Sheltiel. Sheltiel is ask of God, petitions of God, prayerfulness. And Zerubbabel. Zerub born in Babel, Babylon. Born in Babylon, but we're to come out of Babylon. Touch not the unclean thing, and I'll receive you as sons and daughters. This is the word of the Lord unto Zerubbabel. Son of Sheltiel, not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit, saith the Lord of hosts. When you find Zerubbabel, you're also going to find Joshua, the son of Josedek. Zechariah, he's going to say, these are stones of memorial. That will be stones of memorial in the millennial reign. For witnessing to the Lord God Almighty. We find that Joshua, the son of Josedek, Joshua is a Hebrew name, for Jesus, Jehovah's salvation. And everyone that's named in the body of Christ 
is named that name, whether in earth or in heaven, the whole body of Christ is named that name Jesus for as many as been baptized into Christ has put on Christ and is called by that holy name, Jesus. Owned by him, bought with a price, not your own. Therefore, by that name of Jesus, Jesus, Joshua, the son of Josedek, son of Josedek is righteousness. Those that are righteous in the Lord Jesus Christ. Joshua, the son of Josedek, Zerubbabel, the son of Sheltiel, the ones that were born in Babylon, sons of prayer, sons of prayers to God, Sheltiel, are literally going to have a change of raiment because Joshua will be caught up to the throne. And as Joshua is caught up to the throne, Zechariah 3, Satan's there to withstand it, withstand him, withstand this body of Christ. And the Lord said, the Lord rebuke you, Satan. Joshua didn't say it. The Lord is our God of battles. The Lord will work a work in our days. The battle is the Lord's. And we're going to find that in this Baal uh, Perivaz, in this Gibeon battle, that we're going to find that he did not use angels in it. We're going to find that God himself is going to warfare as in the day of battle. As in it was with Joshua. And we're going to see that Joshua, that is Jesus, all the ones that are called by the names of Jesus, in the last days when God works the work of the ministry, is going to be that God will be on our behalf and will fight our battles. And it will be the greatest move of God this world has ever seen. Because God has saved the best for last. Who will hear for the time to come? Oh, that they were wise, that they would understand their latter end. In that work of the ministry, only the Lord Jesus Christ will be glorified. The body of Christ will be his instruments. They will go forth in his name. It will be Christ through them. They are not Christ, but Christ will be revealed in and through the body of Christ. What will happen at that time? We see here that judgment will be laid to the line and righteousness to the plummet. Now the line, there's a line that's going forth to the measure, measure Jerusalem, the body of Christ. For judgment must first begin at the house of God and the righteous scarcely be saved. Then where shall the end of the sinner and the ungodly appear? Judgment begins at us. God is holy. God is righteous. Judgment laid to the line is that horizontal line. That is how you treat your fellow man here in the earth. Do you have love for the brother? Do you condescend a man of low estate? Do you prefer that of your brothers above your own self? That's the line Righteousness, judgment to the line. Righteousness is to the plummet. The plummet is what you measure the depth. How deep are you in the Lord? How deep are you in the Lord God are you, my Almighty? Or have you dig deep as a wise man to found that rock? A capital R-O-C-K, Christ. Or are you just playing around on the sand in the top surface? You've got to dig deep. I liken him to a wise man that dig deep and founded a rock. 
when he finds that revelation of that rock, Christ, that he is God Almighty, the Father of glory, who made himself a body of flesh and blood, died, buried, and rose again, went back to where he was before, and there's only one God working salvation in and of himself, and you understand the true Christ, that revelation of Christ as you have been taught, and that foundation being Jesus Christ, the only Lord God Almighty. Then you're going to build your house upon that rock. And then it's going to be tried. The rain's going to descend. The winds of doctrine, the winds are going to blow up on that house and the floods are going to beat against it. And evil will come in like a flood. If your house is built upon that rock, it will stand. But if it's built upon the sand, tossed to and fro by every wind of doctrine, not deep, not deep and founding in that depth of the rock, that revelation of Christ. We've understood a few scriptures, but we don't understand the line upon line and precept upon precept. Haven't really sought our Lord diligently with all of our heart. Then that house is going to fall and great will be the fall of it. Built upon the sand. Ten virgins, five wise, five foolish. All of them are virgins. They love God. They're in the truth. They've been baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. They have the Holy Ghost. A true repentance. These are little children. That names are, uh, who says have been, been forgiven for his name's sake, and they've known the Father. They know that Jesus is the Father of glory. But yet, they did not grow up into him in all things. They didn't overcome. The overcomer is the one that the word of God is strong in them. And they've overcome the wicked one. 1 John 2, 12 through 14. And they certainly haven't gone to fathers. And the fathers there are the two olive trees. The fathers are the ones of the two olive branches in Zechariah 4. They are the two olive trees of Revelation 11. They are the servants of God that he gives power to in the last days. It is the two witnesses that are in the spirit. Jesus Christ, Christ through them, doing the works. Somebody said, well, it's Moses and Elijah. Well, Moses didn't do those works. It was Jesus only. Elijah didn't do those kingdom miracles. It was Jesus only. That's the reason you have the Mount of Transfiguration, to show you that it was not Moses or Elijah doing those works. It was Jesus only. Peter, James, and John seeing that. And when they did, they said, Peter said, Lord, let us be all here Three Sukkahs, three booths, one for you, one for Moses, one for Elijah. But he wist not what he said. When they came up there, being a great terror and coming up, they saw Jesus only. Why? Because in the last days, we're going to see it wasn't the works of Moses. It wasn't work Moses being that of the law. We're going to see it wasn't the works of Elijah, that being the prophets. That it's going to be Jesus only. It was him and him alone. From Genesis to Revelation, or volume of the book that's written to me, I come to do thy will, O God, for a body that has prepared me. That we're going to understand that everything written in this book, all the scriptures, search the scriptures are in them. They, you think you have salvation, and all these uh, testify of me, Jesus said. Everything in the word of God from Genesis to Revelation is Jesus, Jesus Christ, and Jesus alone. He is the Father of glory. He is the Word. He is the Holy Ghost. He is the Son of God. He is the Son of Man, and there is none other. There's no God beside him. Somebody said, I thought Jesus was standing on the right hand of God. He is God. 
The right hand is made for you. The dexios on the right hand of God, uh, there where we're made to set together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus, is a place he's prepared for us. But he overcame and is set, S-E-T, down with the Father in his throne, all power in heaven, earth given unto him. He is the Lord God Almighty. When you, you get to heaven, you're going to see one throne and one man on the throne, one king on the throne, one God on that throne, and that is Jesus only. There won't be anyone sitting beside him. There'll be four and 20 seats there in the heavenly places, which is the, the four and 20 elders, which is the priesthood. And there'll be four beasts, and these four beasts we're going to see are of an olive work. Olive trees, they are the cherubim of glory. We have that in Ezekiel 10. He gives us the olive trees that they are the cherubim. The cherubim are the olive trees in 1 Kings 6, 23. Well, who has an ear to hear for the time to come? God's going to tell you his work. He's going to do a strange work. It's going to surprise the hypocrites, the ones that haven't really sought God. That's what the church thinking they were okay, saying way that seemeth right to a man, but then there are the ways of death. And it's going to surprise them, this work that he's going to do in the last days because he's going to put judgment to the line. That's how you have dealt your brother man here in the earth to the body of Christ in the brotherly love. Charity, one amongst you, and the faith groweth exceedingly, and the charity, every one of you abounding one toward another. That's the line of the horizontal line. But then the righteousness to the plummet, that's your depth. He's going to judge us, and we're going to have to know him in the height, depth, length, and width in order to overcome in these last days. Well, what in the world? Somebody said, I've never heard that. I just heard we've got heaven made and everything's just wonderful. We have cake sales and bake sales and uh, we've got a building program and, uh, you know, we, we don't kill anybody and we, no neighbor. There's a work and there's a work of the ministry. Now, let's take a look at it and let's see if God really is going to do everything that he's ever done again that's written in this book. Oh, my. All the judgments of God that he's ever done. How many gods are now on the face of this earth versus the gods that were in Egypt? Probably untold thousands. Because we have now uh, social media. We have television. We have all kinds of satellite broadcasting. So many different ideas. So many different voices in the land. And what is that true, real Jesus, that voice of Jesus that's in the land? Let's take a look and see what God says. He said, I'm only judgment to the land, righteousness to the plummet, and the hail shall sweep away the refuge of lies. Many lies out there. Everybody said, well, I think you're a liar. I said, well, I think you are. Well, it doesn't make any difference what anybody thinks. It's what God in his judgment will reveal who is righteous and who is not, the holy from the profane, the righteous from the wicked, he that serves God versus he that does not serve God. In that day we will know. It doesn't make any difference what anybody says to you. I don't think you're right. Who cares? The word of God remains the word of God. Notice he said hail. That hail are the hailstones. 
We find the book of the Revelation. We find it also with Adonai, whenever Joshua's coming in to take uh, Jerusalem, we find it uh, there with the hailstones that God did it again. There with David, we're going to find that God uses in his weaponry, in his warfare, signs in the heaven, blood, fire, and pillars of smoke. Hail, fire, and damnation. Hailstones. That God rained down hailstones, great stones, and killed more in that battle that Joshua was fighting in the Canaanites than his own army did. And God alone did it. No angels, just God himself. Showing you that he is the God of battles. That he is a man of war. And he says here, he will sweep away. There's a broom, the besom of destruction. It will sweep away the refuge of lies. What's a refuge? They thought those lies were correct. They thought they were in that cleft of the rock. They thought they were right in the denominations. But it was a refuge of lies. And it swept it away. Every denominational wall will fall today. In that day in judgment. Why? Because it's man-made denominations. Somebody said, you're against the denominations? I'm for the word of God. And God will break down every denominational wall to bring his body into one, one body of one mind, one accord, in the unity of the faith. There are over 32,000 denominations on the face of this earth. And we're told that all these denominations are going to heaven. That is a lie, friend. God will do this work to bring out all of man-made denominations. As he stated in Hebrews 12, the Lord hath promised. If the Lord promised, he will do it. The Lord hath promised he will not shake the earth only, as he did in the days of Moses, when the mountain, Mount Horeb, shook with and burned with fire as the Lord descended upon that mountain in Sinai. And all that trust that mountain, mountain were thrust to with a dart. Moses said, I exceedingly fear it and quake, whose voice then shook the earth. Now do we refuse him that speaketh from heaven? This is the ministry voice of Jesus that those that have an ear to hear, let them hear. Prepare yourself for the coming of the Lord. Prepare to meet that God. O Israel, what is this refuge of lies? This time that God said in Hebrews 12, yet the Lord hath promised yet once more, I shake not the earth only, but also heaven, that all that can be shaken may be removed as of things that are made. The things that are made are man-made, man-made doctrine, man-made denominations, doctrines of dogmas, creeds that we claim to be essential truths. Everyone yielding salvation is not so. It is so tight, so straight, and so narrow that Paul himself said in Hebrews 4, take heed lest a promise, a singular promise, slip any of you that you should seem to come short of entering into his rest. For that remaineth the rest to the people of God. If Jesus had given them rest, 
He will not have spoken of another day. Somebody said, well, that was Joshua. Yes, it is. Here's Joshua, Jesus. The time is Jesus. And he spoke of another day. He said, the hour is coming. When those that hear the voice of the Son of God shall live. The dead will hear. The time is coming and now is when the dead shall hear the voice of the Son of God and they shall live. The time is coming and now is. Yes, it's progressive. And this voice is now speaking. The voice of God is the voice of the Lord. It's the voice of many waters. It's the voice of the Lord Christ through the body of Christ. Just as John stated in Revelation 10, I took the book out of the angel's hand. I ate all of it. I didn't eat part of it. I ate all of it. We're led and guided into all truth. And he said, it was sweet to my mouth as honey, and it was better to my belly. Then, he said, uh, they said unto John, the ones that were Jehovah favored, favored of God, John, you must again prophesy this book of the prophecy, the words of the book of this prophecy that I've just given you, John, that you show my servants things which must shortly come to pass. You sent and signified that's been signified to you and you give it to my servants. Revelation 1, verse 1 and 2. And when he did, John, you must again prophesy to many nations, kindreds, tongues, and kings. God's not going to raise John from the dead to do that. That's the word he's given to you, to me, to the servants of God. That is your Hebrews 12, the Lord hath promised yet once more he will shake not only the earth only as he did in Sinai, as Moses said, I exceedingly fear and quake, but I'll also shake heaven that all that can be shaken, why? All that can be shaken may be removed. He's going to remove all false doctrine. He's going to sweep away the refuge of lies, Isaiah 28. He's going to sweep it with a besom of destruction, the broom of destruction. When they say peace, when there is no peace and sudden destruction will come upon them. This will surprise the hypocrite. He's never heard it preached. He's never heard it talked. He was told that everything's just fine. You're going to heaven. He shook the preacher's hand and he said, I believe in Jesus. And that was it. Not realizing there's a work of the ministry that has to be obtained by the body of Christ. Not only in repentance, just one step. You got seven steps, seven feasts of the Lord, not one, seven feasts of the Lord. Repent and be baptized born of the water in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins. That's born of the water. And you yourself receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. That's born of the Spirit. That's the first four feasts of the Lord. Passover, unleavened bread, first fruits, and feast of weeks or feast of Pentecost. What is that feast of Passover? You repented. What's that feast of unleavened bread? You're buried with Jesus in baptism. That's repent and be baptized in the name of Jesus. What many as of you were baptized, were baptized under Christ's death. He's raised to the newness of life, that the body of the sins of the flesh might be destroyed. That is Romans 6, verse 4, Colossians 2, verse 10 through 12. By baptism, the body of the sins of the flesh might be destroyed, 
by the circumcision made without hands, the circumcision of Christ by baptism. There's no other way. Baptism. Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ. That is the name of the Father, and of the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Father's not a name, Son's not a name, Holy Ghost. The name of the Holy Ghost is Jesus. The name of the Father is Jesus, John 5.43, John 17. Going in Jerusalem, Jesus upon the coach, fell of an ass. Hosanna, Hosanna, blessed is he that cometh in the name of the Lord. What's the name of the Lord? Jesus Christ. Jesus. Jehovah's salvation, not Jehovah Junior. Well, that is repent, baptize in the name of Jesus Christ. There's your unleavened bread. First fruits, you're raised as a new creature. Just as God raised his own body from the grave, from the tomb, so you also shall be raised in the end and as a new creature in Christ Jesus. Then you go on to the fourth feast. Receive you the Holy Ghost. You're born of the Spirit. That's four feasts. There remains three more feasts, eating the flesh of Jesus and drinking his blood. What are those feasts? The Feast of Trumpets, the Rosh Hashanah, the Yom Kippur, Day of Atonement, and the Feast of Sukkot, Tabernacles, the Feast of Engathering, the Feast of Sevens, the Feast of Prophecy, the Feast of Perfection, the Feast of All Feasts. Well, then, we're at the Feast of Trumpets now. Who will hear for the time to come the ministry voice of Jesus? And he says here that this is going to be, sweep away the refuge of lies. Where do you get that? The Lord has Hebrews 12. The Lord hath promised and will not turn from it there. What's that? It's forever written, forever settled in heaven. The Lord hath promised. Yet once more, he shaken not only the earth, but also heaven, that all that can be shaken may be removed. He's going to remove every false, idle thing down here that as of things that are made. Not eternal things. Everything that's man-made. Everything that has been made man and sought out many inventions. He's going to destroy every one of them. As of things that are made. So then that those things which cannot be shaken, that's your faith, may remain. That's the remnant of her seed, the remnant of the church. Seeing then that we have a kingdom which cannot be moved. Let us have grace whereby we may serve God with reverence and godly fear for our God is a consuming fire. But this consumption decree, this consumption decree is right here in Isaiah 28. We're going to find it in Isaiah 10. This consumption decree is not to destroy all mankind, but it will overflow in righteousness for all that's left in the land will worship him. From the least to the greatest, for they all shall know him. After the work is done, everyone will know him from the least to the greatest. The knowledge of the glory of the Lord shall cover the earth as the waters cover the seas. But there's a work. There's a work of judgment for them. Judgment he's going to lay to the line. Righteousness to the plummet. What does he say here? He said, and the hail, that God of battles is going to rain down the hail. Those are great stones. As shall that hail will sweep away the besom, the broom, will sweep away the refuge. What you have thought and thought was truth and you were fine and you covered yourself with a refuge, hiding place, but it was lies. A refuge of lies. 
a refuge of denominations. The pastor said, but you never read. We're a voice of one crying in the wilderness. Make straight the paths of the Lord. He's coming, folks. And the waters, what waters? Shall overflow the hiding place. Every place that we think we're safe. If we're not in the cleft of that real rock, the real Christ. If we haven't been sealed in Revelation 7 in our foreheads. It's going to overflow the hiding place. Notice it says, and your covenant with death shall be disannulled. Well, you had one. It was called, uh, this This is our, our church dialogue. This is our church covenant. Uh, this is our bylaws of the church. You do this, you have a letter with the church. We, uh, uh, we had it written on that uh, papers there that I'm, uh, baptized and I'm saved according to a church document. That's on my letter, my letter of faith, but it will be disannulled. And your agreement with hell shall not stand. When the overflowing scourge, there's a scourge coming and it's going to overflow. That means every hiding place and everything that is man-made will, it will pass through it that overflowing scourge will pass through, then you shall be trodden down by it. Oh my, let's not be deceived. From the time it goeth forth, it shall take you. For morning by morning shall it pass over, by day and by night, and it shall be a vexation only to understand the report, the report of what God is doing. The judgments of God are in the earth, and righteous are all his ways. For the bed, there's your bed of rest. That's your Holy Ghost rest. The bed, that bedchamber of Solomon, for you, the bride of Christ, is shorter than a man can stretch himself on it. We thought we had the rest of the Holy Ghost, but it was too short. We come up short. We didn't have enough oil in the lamp. We were virgin. But we went out to meet him at the midnight cry. Not the second advent. The midnight cry. The coming of the Lord in the latter rain. The last great rain of his strength. We went out to meet him. We trimmed our lamps. We lit it. But we didn't have enough oil of truth. The light is the Holy Ghost. The fire is the Holy Ghost that lights it. Our lamp is uh, our chariot. What we have learned in the scriptures and the truth, the logos of God. And the oil is the truth that we have acquired. It just wasn't enough oil. We didn't dig deep enough. It wasn't enough oil for the lamp. And the light went out. And the covering, you got a cover. You got a bed to lay on. Then you've got to be covered. That covering is the Lord Jesus Christ. Not your church. Not your denomination. Not your pastor, your bishop. That's not your covering. Your covering is Jesus Christ. The covering narrower than he can wrap himself in it. Wrap yourself being covered in the Lord Jesus Christ. It's too narrow. This is narrow way. Straight the gate and narrows the way. It's too narrow now. You couldn't make that straight gate. It's too narrow. And you can wrap yourself in it. There's no covering now. 
He said, for the Lord shall rise up as in Mount Perizim, a breaking forth upon his enemies. Baal Perizim, the Lord of breaking forth. He literally will break forth just as he did against Adonizedek with Joshua, just as he did with David going to take Jabus, Jerusalem. And he's going to break forth as he did in that day. That means he's not fighting with the angels. That means that he, literally the Lord God himself, is going to break in. The God of battles, a man of war. He shall be wroth. That's the great wrath of God as in the valley of Gibeon. That's what you see there in that hillock. That he may do his work, his strange work, and bring to pass his act, his strange act. Now we're going to say, well, somebody said, this consummate, that's the day of the Lord. It's the day of the Lord in consummation. But before then, he's going to rise up a great army that's going to preach this word unto all the world for a witness unto all nations. Now let's see how he's going to do this. It says, uh, now therefore, be ye not mockers. Don't mock at it and say, ah, ha, ha. We've heard all that before. Lest, lest your bands, that's the bands of your heart, be made strong, adamant, where God hardens your heart. I have heard from the Lord God of hosts a consumption, even determined upon the whole earth. Now listen to what he says. Give ye ear, let's see what he's talking about. Give ye ear and hear my words. Hearken and hear my speech. This is a word. This is a word of uh, discretion. This is a word uh, of the hour in the ministry voice of Jesus. It's the voice of the Almighty, the voice of an host, the voice of the people, the body of Christ, in and through Christ in you, the hope of glory. Doth the plowman plow all day to sow? Is there going to be a time that this is just plow, this plowman is going to keep plowing and setting aside the seeds forever? And that's going to be it. He's, is he ever going to have a harvest? Is he just going to plow all day just to sow seed? Does he open and break the clods of his ground? He's breaking up fallow ground. Ground. That's the ground of your heart. You know, sowing in righteousness, reaping in mercy. When he hath made plain the face thereof, What's the face? God has shown forth his glory in the face of Jesus Christ. When he's made plain the face, what is that? That everything in the earth is the Lord's. When he's made plain the face, what is that? Jesus. When he's made plain the face, the name of Jesus. Doth he not cast abroad the fitches and scatter the coming? Scatter it. Why would he? Well, you got to scatter the seed if you're going to cover the ground. Well, in Acts, the eighth chapter, what did God do? He took only the apostles' abode at Jerusalem. For all the saints, the believers of God, were cast abroad. They were spread out. They went, they were spread abroad, the diaspora, and went everywhere in the former reign, whenever we're preaching and teaching the kingdom of God. 
as he did it in the former reign, so we will do in the latter reign with us. To anyone that has an ear to hear. Daniel 12. How long shall it be before the end of this thing? Until he has accomplished to scatter the power of the holy people. For a time, times, and dividing of a time, and then shall it all be fulfilled. For that that is determined shall be done. When he hath made plain the face thereof, that's Jesus revealed. Remember the face is the glory. God has shown forth his glory in the face of Jesus Christ. But we have this treasure in earthen vessels that the excellency of the power might be of God not of ourselves. The Lord is that spirit. We have to understand that. He is that spirit. He has sent forth the spirit of his son in our hearts whereby we cry, Abba, Father. Galatians 4, 6. Well, after he's made plain the face thereof. What is the Lord? Is that spirit? And with the spirit of the Lord is, there's liberty. We all with open face. There's the face, the earth type of the church. Earth and the fullness thereof is his. He's made plain the face thereof. Jesus. Then what does he do? He's scattering the seed. He's scattering the fitches and the appointed barley. The coming. He's scattering it. Just like he did in the former reign, he's going to do in the latter reign. After he's accomplished to scatter the power of the holy people, all these things will be finished. Daniel 12. Scatters are coming and casts in the principal wheat. We're the harvest of God. And the appointed barley and the rye in their place. Everybody in the body of Christ. And that body of Christ being compacted together. And of the bone to the bone, of whichever joint supplying to the edifying of itself in love. For his God doth instruct him to discretion, to be discreet, and doth teach him. For the fitches are not threshed with a threshing instrument, neither is a cartwheel turned about upon the coming. Remember the wheels in the cherubim of glory, the spirit of the living creatures and the wheels. The wheels, uh, there we see within that wheel, one like the Son of Man in the midst of the seven golden candlesticks. What is that wheel in the middle of a wheel? It's one like the Son of Man in the midst of Ephesus, Smyrna, Pergamos, Thyatira, and Philadelphia, Sardis, Philadelphia, Laodicea, making a wheel. And in the middle of that wheel, from Ephesus, Smyrna, Pergamon, Thyatira, Sardis, Philadelphia, and Laodicea, we have one like the Son of Man. There's a wheel and a wheel in the middle of a wheel, in the midst of it. And it was cried to the wheels in my hearing, O wheel, but one wheel. If they see Jesus, they're going to see Jesus in you, the body of Christ, as one man. And that's that man of Revelation 19.10. As he is, so are we in, so are we in this present evil world. John saw this man, he saw this work. When he saw that man, he was about to worship him. And he says, See thou doest it not. I am of thy fellow servants and of thy brethren that have the testimony of Jesus. I have come in and know these things in the revelation of Jesus, these things. Uh, that is the spirit of prophecy, the spirit of prophecy, so I can understand the revelation of Jesus Christ in the book of this prophecy. 
I have that wisdom now and that instruction in righteousness, which is the testimony of Jesus, the spirit of prophecy. Worship God, for the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. That's the faith that was once delivered to the saints in knowing these things. Faith is the substance of things, hope for the evidence of things not seen. And this things is now given to us, the body of Christ. And he says uh, that we're not the seed, the coming, the point of barley, the wheat, are not threshed out with a threshing instrument. We're not appointed to wrath. Neither is that cartwheel, the body of Christ, in judgment. And the final consummation is the day of the Lord, where the wicked will be ashes under the righteous feet. But before then, the glory of the Lord will leave the threshold of the house and go over the cherubim. Why? Because this is not going to be in the church house within four walls. This is going out into all the world. For this is the word of the Lord and Zerubbabel. The ones that's coming out that were born in Babylon that are coming out of Babylon. Not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit, saith the Lord of hosts. Who are these two olive branches? They are the two anointed ones, the sons of oil, not a beaten olive oil, but throne room oil, the oil of the Holy Ghost. The golden oil, they empty out of themselves the golden oil into a bowl over the church, the seven golden candlesticks that feeds each of the seven lamps. And they empty out of themselves two pipes into the church to feed the seven lamps, which is the sons of all in the last days. These are the two witnesses of Revelation 11. These are the fathers that's going to turn the hearts of the children to them. This is the last day testimony of Jesus, the spirit of prophecy to bring all into the unity of the faith and to the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect man and to the measure of the stature of Jesus Christ, the fullness of the measure of the stature of Jesus Christ unto perfection that we all may be presented blameless at the coming of the Lord, both spirit, soul, and body. Bread corners bruised. We're going to be bruised. It's going to bruise us, yes. But the cartwheel, the wheel is not our, that threshing instrument is not going to be turned upon the church of the living God. We're not appointed under wrath. But we will go through the wrath of Satan, which is not the wrath of God. The devil coming down to you, the earth, having great wrath, knowing that he hath but a short time. That is the devil's indignation. That's the devil's anger. We received on the 19th of January, 2019, a visitation from the Lord, saying, seal my people by my word, as angel ascending from these have the seal of the living God, so send I you. I've had every kind of death threat, uh, you know, uh, not, we didn't hear from God. No, you don't want us to hear from you. You don't want anybody to hear from God because it means that this, that is determined, will be done. We're not, not for our righteousness, our holiness, does God do this anything but for his name's sake. He will only use those that are of a broken and contrite spirit, not lifting up themselves, but only the Lord Jesus Christ for his name's sake. 
but people don't want. And even the external church, and by uh, what I mean in the external church in the earth, not the real body of Christ, they're the ones that's going to come out and be the remnant coming out of her, being separate, touching not the unclean thing, growing on up into him in all things. They are the ones that are going to go on to the measure of the statue of Jesus. They're not going to be staying the status quo of just one verse and saying, I'm saved. They're going to go on to the measure of the statue of Jesus. There, he's telling us, we're not going to be appointed to the wrath of God. We are going to go through great tribulation. Sure we are. Bread corners bruised. He's saying that. You're going to go through a time of trial, a time of suffering. Because... He will not ever be threshing it, neither break it with the wheel of his cart. That cart's a chariot wheel, the cart of God. That is the instruments of judgment. Nor bruise it with his horsemen. The horsemen of God is the army of God. In Daniel 4, he calls it his army, singular. But in Revelation 19, when he's coming back with the clouds of heaven, he says his armies are gathered together. That's not only the angelic hosts. It's a Manahim. The Manahim is the double camp. The body of Christ along with the angelic host. And it's called the Lord of Sabaoth. The Lord of hosts. It's a double camp. Mahanaam. That Mahanaam is a double camp. And we in the last days are going to understand that these angels are ministering spirits for those who are heirs of salvation. They will be fighting alongside of us in a double camp. But if the Lord and the battle is his and he will fight, he will literally raise up. That's the reason why there's silence in heaven by the space of half an hour. Why? For the Lord is raised up out of his habitation about to do his work. It's a work in judgment. Notice it says in Revelation 11, there's a reed like unto a rod given to me, saying, Rise, measure the temple of God, the altar, and them that worship therein. Somebody said, That's the day of the Lord. No, it's not. Because he said, he goes on and says, There, uh, that reed like unto a rod given unto him is to measure the temple of God. What's that? That's a, that to the line. Uh, judgment to the line, and righteousness to the plummet. He's measuring the height, depth, length, and width of the church of living God and the altar and them that worship therein. But the court which is without, measure it not. Why? Because the rod of God is not upon the head of the wicked. They won't even know what's going on until it's taken them as a thief in the night. At that time, he said, uh, then, I'm going to give power to my two servants. How long will this be? He said they will prophesy for 42 months. The court of the Gentiles, it says the holy city shall be trodden down for 42 months, time, times and a half, three and a half years. And I'll give power to my two servants and they shall prophesy 42 months. Time, times, they have three and a half years. This is not the day of the Lord. It's the end of the week that Jesus fulfilled the first part of the week in that he, he will confirm the covenant with many for one week and he was cut off in the midst of the week three and a half years. 
he will cause to call that covenant they will that for another three and a half years he will confirm the covenant with many for one week a heptad week of years and for those spread of abominations he'll make it desolate and that determinant will be poured out upon the desolate that's the reason why in Isaiah he said uh, when he saw the glory of the Lord he said I'm a man of unclean lips and I'm undone a coal from off the altar was put upon his lips that's the pay why? Because he ain't the word of speech, the word of God. That word of the ministry voice of Jesus is coming out. At that point, just like John, you must prophesy again before many nations, kindreds, tongues, and kings. Isaiah said, send me. He said, go until the city be without inhabitant and the land be utterly desolate. For you won't go from between one city and another until all these things be finished. And the Lord come. That is the time, times I have three and a half years, 42 months of the ministry of Jesus, the ministry voice of Jesus, that Elijah voice there of uh, that restoration prophet. That Elijah truly must first come and restore all things. What store? Restore the faith that was once delivered to the saints. Remember my servant Moses. Why? Because you're going to sing the song of Moses, the song of the Lamb. Song of Moses is that Surah which is a feminine song, a work in progress. It started when you went into the wilderness, coming out of Egypt, out of the world. Exodus 15, they sing the song of Moses. Then, then when you go to Deuteronomy 32 and 33, you see the song of Moses at the Jordan River, and Moses speaks over the people. What shall befall your people in the latter days? These days. But the song of the Lamb, that is a circadash, that is the masculine song. It is finished. Not feminine, masculine. It's a song of the redeemed. It's a song that the 24 elders and the four beasts sing because thou hast redeemed us from the earth. Redeemed us from all the world. Revelation 5. He says here, red corn's bruised. We're going to be bruised. He's not going to be threshing it. We're not going to be pointed to wrath, the wrath of God, nor break it with the wheel of his court, nor bruise it with his horsemen. He's telling you, you're going to be through great tribulation, battling Satan, the old devil, the serpent, the scorpion, that great red dragon, souls of them were slain for the word of God and the testimony which they held under the altar in heaven under the fifth seal blessed is he that dieth in the Lord yes saith the spirit that he may rest from his labors his works do following we know that sealing our testimony with our own blood praise God but we're not going to be under the wrath of almighty God we will not taste of that wrath only the Satan and the synagogue of Satan will the wicked will. He said, this cometh forth from the Lord of hosts, which is wonderful in counsel and excellent in working. He is going to do this work, friend. Somebody said, what does it have to do? It has to do with the ministry voice of Jesus. If you'll see in Zechariah 2, now I mean Zephaniah, let's go to the the cedar work. Zechariah 3 and 4 talks about the brand plucked out of a fire that the body of Christ that that is the sealing of the servants of God. Branded 
after we're coming out of the fire and giving a change of raiment, Zechariah 3. But in Zephaniah 2, God tells what he's going to do when he uncovers the cedar work. That's that vision in that that visitation I had from the Lord in, in October of 89. When I was leaving the ministry, I was completely broke and starving. So he said, well, you shouldn't be starving because uh, David said I was once old, once young, now I'm old. I never see the righteous forsaken, nor his seed breaking bread. Yet Paul said in this present hour, we do hunger. Well, wait a minute. Was he not following the Lord? Of course he was. Because he said that we always are delivering the death, that the life of the Lord Jesus may be manifest in our mortal bodies. Well, we're going to suffer these things. But praise God, because he is the God of our battles. And he is the one that will let this word go out into all the world for a witness in all nations, and then the end will come. Let's see what this is. He says that woe unto the inhabitants of the coast. This is Zechariah, Zephaniah 2, and verse, it started verse 6. Well, verse 5 because we're going to see what uncovering this cedar works means. When, we, when he uncovers, he makes a plain the face thereof. He's going to scatter all the seed. When he makes plain the face of Jesus and we're led and guided into all truth, he's going to literally scatter the holy people into all the earth, preaching the everlasting gospel to all creatures. And then the end will come. That is the work, the work of the ministry. It surprised the hypocrite. They don't understand this. Neither will they. They won't believe it. Their pastor will say, oh, no, don't worry about that. We're going to be raptured out before these things happen. Ha, ha, ha. Go ahead. Send us emails. I could care less. The Trinity people are praying for our death every day. The Lord God knows those that are his. He said, Woe to the inhabitants of the sea coast, the nation of the Cherethites. The word of the Lord is against you, O Cain of the land of the Philistines. Who are the Philistines? The uncircumcised so-called church. They've never been circumcised. Not of the natural. He is not a Jew as one natural in the circumcision of the flesh, but he is a Jew that is one spiritually. Circumcision of the heart in the spirit. Romans 2, 28 and 29 whose praise is not a man but of God. We're talking about the Israel of God, the church of the living God. Somebody says there's not a natural Israel. Of course there is a natural Israel. Genesis 2, God will make Israel the natural Israel, the nation of Israel, literally rule and reign in all the earth, the millennial, I promise Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, to the fathers. Then in Genesis 15, he said there will be a seed the seed of Abraham. That's the church of the living God. Both are in existence, friend. He said, It came to the land of the Philistines, I will even destroy thee, and there shall be no inhabitant. And the seacoats shall be dwellings and cottages for the shepherds and folds for flock. What is that? Where the waters meet the land. That's where the word of God comes to the people of God. That's a seacoast. When he talks about the seacoast, the washing of the waters of the word come in and break forth upon the land, which is the church. The earthen vessels that we are. And it says, and the coast shall be for the remnant 
of the house of Judah. They didn't say Israel, they said the house of Judah. For they shall feed thereupon in the houses of Ashkelon, shall they lie down in the evening, for the Lord their God shall visit them and turn away their captivity. That means that you're going to reign and rule on the earth. Kings and priests, and you're going to reign with the Lord a thousand years in the earth. That seacoast, there is the fullness of the word being led and guided into all truth where the waters of the washing of the water of the word break forth upon the land and the earth and vessels, and that's where we dwell. Notice now we're going to get into the work. This is what the Lord revealed in October of 89, 1989 to me when I was about to quit the ministry, and I had no idea what this was. Not for any of our rights or holiness, just for his namesake. He had mercy on a young man trying to do his will. He had mercy on me. He said, I've heard the reproach of Moab and the revilings of the children of Ammon, whereby they have reproached my people and, and magnified themselves against their border. Therefore, as I live, saith the Lord God of hosts, the God of Israel, surely Moab shall be as Sodom and the children of Ammon as Gomorrah, even the breeding of nettles and salt pits as we have the salt pits up there in the Kingsdale, in the Valley of Jehoshaphat, Megiddo, which is Armageddon. Notice it says, and a perpetual desolation that will never end. A perpetual desolation. Now, the end of the war's desolations are determined. The residue of my people, not all the people, the residue, the remnant that believe this word, the remnant of her seed that keep the commandments of God and have the testimony of Jesus, the spirit of prophecy, the ones that will hear for the time to come these things uh, that must shortly come to pass in the revelation of Jesus Christ that God gave unto John, the book of the revelation. And most pastors say, oh, don't get to the book of the revelation because it doesn't apply to you. Oh my, it is the love letter of the Lord to his church. It's the revelation of Jesus Christ to show unto us his servants things which must shortly come to pass. He sent and sealed it. That seal will in the foreheads are knowing those things of in that revelation of Jesus, the spirit of prophecy, the testimony of Jesus. And they tell you, stay out of that book. Oh my goodness. It's very important. And it says the residue of my people shall possess them. There's only a remnant. At Revelation 12, remnant, the remnant of her seed, the remnant of the church seed, the remnant that that keep the commandments of God because they love it and have the testimony of Jesus. That's the faith that was once delivered to the saints, knowing these things. As we read on, it says, this shall they have for their pride because they have reproached and magnified themselves against the people of the Lord of hosts. The blood of the saints and the prophets are found in her. People will come against you simply because you are standing for the word, the ministry voice of Jesus. You're not holding on to one verse and saying, I'm going to heaven, thank God, because of one verse. You're saying, I'm going on to the measure of the statue of Jesus Christ, growing up into him in all things and not tossed to and fro by every wind of doctrine. The Lord will be terrible unto them. All the ones that came against the people that go all the way in into all truth. The ones that came against you and said you can't. The naysayers that say, no, you can't be perfect. No, you can't obtain that faith that was once delivered to the saints. 
No, you can't come unto perfection as the Lord commanded. The Lord will be terrible unto them for he will famish all the gods of the earth, not of Egypt. No more will they say, blessed be the Lord God, which brought up his people out of the land of Egypt. Somebody said, well, if I could have seen that, if I could have seen that that angel passed through, if I could have seen the blood upon the littles on the doorpost of that house, and all the firstborn of Egypt die, and then we go out with a great host, and I could see the Red Sea parted at the rod that was in the hand of Moses, lifted up, and the Red Sea parted and stood up on its side, and we went over dry shod. If I could have seen all the works of that in the great deliverance of Israel from Egypt, the Exodus, I would certainly believe. No more will that even come into mind that the people, God delivered his people out of the land of Egypt. That won't even come into mind because this last day work of God is far, far greater. But they'll say, but rather be Blessed be the Lord our God, which brought up his people out of the land of the north, south, east, and west, whithersoever he had driven them. He had scattered the power of the whole church. He drove us out into all, just like he did in the former reign in Acts the 8th chapter. He's going to do it again. Why? He's not going to destroy the gods of Egypt. He's going to destroy the gods of the whole earth. Oh, earth, earth, earth. Hear you, the word of the Lord. He's going to destroy all the gods of the earth. Everything that was man-made, that was held up in covetousness, which is a set of idolatry, God will destroy. Neighbor, we're at the door of it right now. He's preparing those for the work of the ministry that have an ear to hear. Why do we set idle? Let us hear from you. We're not lording over anybody's heritage. We don't want to do the doctrine of the Nicolaitan to rule over the laity of anybody's church. The local church governs in their own local body, not some headquarters. That's the reason you have elders ordained in every church that take the local government church body, not some headquarters somewhere that rule and reign and call you on the carpet. The Lord hope you see in John 20 verse 22, when Jesus breathed upon them and said, receive you the Holy ghost. That breath is the Holy ghost. Jesus said, uh, I'm dwelling with you apostles right now with my disciples. I'll pray the father send you another comforter while I'm with you. I'll pray the father send you another comforter whom the world can't receive. The world will never receive this. They'll fight you tooth and toenail. They'll fight you with railing accusations. You know, yeah, Bible thumpers. They'll do everything they can. Call you every railing accusation they can against you because they're ignorant. They don't know. The fool has said in their heart, there is no God. They think they're fine. They're going to their local denomination, believing in one verse and having cake sales, ice cream suppers and chili dinners hollering they're saved. Friend, we've got to go up to the measure of the statue of Jesus Christ. There's a ministry voice calling those out that have that have an ear to hear. When you see that the Lord there, blessed be the Lord, uh, that he has given us his spirit 
And he said, Receive ye the Holy Ghost and breathe upon them. Whosoever sins you remit, they're remitted. Whosoever sins you retain, they're retained. What? That's the power of the church? It's the power of the church in and through the Holy Ghost. Not that one man has what he thinks is the power of God, that he has the discerning of God. No, it's the Holy Ghost literally bearing witness through the body of Christ. Whosoever sends you, who? My body, receive you the Holy Ghost. Paul said, I'm not with you in bodily presence, but I'm with you in spirit. Take such as one that has done this thing, this sin, deliver him over to Satan for the destruction of the flesh that he might be saved in the day of the Lord. And they did it. They were in one mind and one accord. That's the power that God has given to the church in and through the Holy Ghost. That is rendering righteous judgment of the Holy Ghost. Not what somebody thinks, well, I think in the court of law, this is what we ought to do. No, it's not earthly judgment. It's righteous judgment. Judgment of the Holy Ghost in one mind and one accord. And that's what's happening here. And we're going to see that's going, whosoever sins, you said you remit, they're remitted. Whosoever sins, you retain, they're retained. That is the power of the Holy Ghost Christ in you, the hope of glory in the church as they have come together in the unity of the faith and speaking the same things and uh, literally judging accordingly in that mind of Christ. But you have to have the mind of Christ to do that. That's Revelation 7. We must be sealed, the servants of our God, in our foreheads. That's the mind of Christ. We're sealed according to the birth. We've been sealed according to the work. That is doing the will of God. Now we've got to be sealed according as fathers, the mind of Christ in the last days. He will literally judge, famish, uh, destroy all the gods of the earth. No more. No more. Well, they say, blessed be the Lord God, which brought up his people out of the land of Egypt. That won't even come into mind. But yea, rather, blessed be the Lord God that brought up his people out of the land of the north, south, east, and west, whithersoever he had driven them. That's what he did in the former reign. All the saints of God, the church was scattered abroad whenever we're preaching and teaching the kingdom of God. In the latter reign, it'll be greater than that. The body of Christ will be just literally scattered the espera in all the world for a witness in all nations. And then the end will come. This won't be a TV set. This won't be a radio station. This won't be social media. This will be the body of Christ scattered throughout all the world for witnessing all nations, famishing all the gods of the earth. And then God goes on and says, you Ethiopians also, you shall be slain by my sword. He will stretch out his hand against the north and destroy Assyria and will make Nineveh a desolation and dry like a wilderness. And flocks shall lie down in the midst of her. All the beasts of the nations, both the commerce and the bittern, shall lodge in the upper lintels of it. Their voice shall sing in the windows. Desolations shall be in the thresholds. Underlying, for he shall uncover the cedar work. This is the cedar work that after he's made plain the face thereof, revealing his name, Jesus, 
He's going to scatter the covenant, scatter the appointed barley and the rye in their place. He's going to accomplish the scatter the power of the holy people, Daniel 12, and all the world. This is the rejoicing city that dwelt carelessly, that said in a heart, I am, and there's none beside me. How she become a desolation, a place for beasts? And the lie down in, everyone that passes by her shall hiss and wag his hand at her. Why? There's Babylon. There's uh, the city of uh, Assyria. None of that is all the nations of the world. Mr. Babylon the Great, the mother of hearts, abomination of the earth, that said, I said a queen. I am no widow. I will see no sorrow. All of these cities of the nations of the world will be made desolate. Only the Lord will be lifted up in that day. There's a time, times and a half, three and a half years of the ministry voice of Jesus that he's preparing his body for now for those that have an ear to hear. He will everything he's done in judgment in this book, in this word of God from Genesis to Revelation will happen again in the judgments of God. Everything that he's done from all through and he said anyone that adds to the words of the book of this prophecy, the revelation of Jesus, the plagues of this book, all of them will be added unto him. If he takes away from the words of the book of this prophecy in this revelation, I will blot out his name out of the holy city and out of the book of life. A very serious thing. The power, the glory is soon to be revealed in and through his saints. God will do everything he's ever done. He's going to do it again. In the fullness, in the power of it. No more will they say, Blessed be the Lord God which brought up his people out of the land of Egypt. That will pale in comparison to what he does in the latter rain. The form of the latter rain in the first month in this last day work of the ministry voice of Jesus that he's now preparing his people for. Let us hear from you. DennisBeard.org Until the next time, this is Brother Dennis Beard Sealing God's People and SealingGodsPeople.org saying, Behold the real Jesus.